Section 10 of The Spring Song by Forrest Reed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 10 Through the Darkness. But who that beauteous boy beguiled, that beauteous boy to linger here, alone by night, a little child, in place so silent and so wild? Has he no friend? No loving mother near? Coleridge. Let not the dark thee cumber, what though the moon does slumber? The stars of the night will lend thee their light, like tapers clear without number. Herrick. Suddenly Griff sat up, for he had heard a bark. Was it only in his imagination? That low, deep, whoa, 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 whoa! Coming to him through the darkness, he sat listening intently, afraid almost to draw his breath. Then it came again. It was Pouncer. Griff started to his feet. The barking came from the other side of the copse. And though in the stillness of the night, in this solitary place, such a sound might travel far, he felt that it was not really very distant, perhaps two hundred yards away perhaps less. At all events, it would be there to guide him, for now he heard it once more. He had not the faintest idea what time it was, but judging from the darkness, it was probably close upon midnight. It might be later, but he did not think so. In any case, the circus must have encamped for the night, and be at this moment, within a short distance of the very spot where he had fallen asleep. The first thing to do was to get out of the copse. For here, at every step he took, he seemed to tread on a dry stick which snapped with a noise like a pistol shot, and silence was essential to the carrying out of his plan. In a few minutes, he had reached the fields beyond the trees, and with that, he paused to consider what he should do next. Pouncer's bark sounded from somewhere on the left of the road, and, keeping well in the shadow, he moved along the rising ground with all the stealth of an Indian. He wished he could be a little more certain as to the time, for he felt that much depended on this, depended on whether the camp were fixed up for the night and its occupants asleep. On the other hand, he could not afford to wait too long, since it might already be nearer morning than he imagined. No doubt the circus people would be up and abroad quite early. And, though he knew pretty well where he was, a long journey still stretched between Griff and home. Now that he was out of the plantation, there was plenty of light. There was indeed too much, the fields and open ground being flooded by the moon. There was another outburst of barking, this time quite close at hand. Then, as he reached the brow of the hill he had been climbing, he saw the caravan straight in front of him, not fifty yards away, its dark, heavy outline black against the sky. Immediately beyond it, he saw the gate by which it had entered. So they had not come by the road after all, or, if they had, they must have branched off on reaching a lane or sidetrack. Griff stood still and gazed. There were no lights in the caravan, at least he could see none, but he wished he had some means of telling when they had been put out. Gradually, he crept nearer. 
the caravan was drawn up beside the copse, from which it jutted at a right angle, the door being turned outward to the field. The animals probably were tethered close by. As he took another step forward, a huge dark shape rose up heavily almost at his feet, sending Griff's heart into his mouth, till he recognized that it was only one of the horses. He advanced nearer and nearer, taking each step with the utmost precaution. Then his foot caught in a bramble and he stumbled. There instantly arose a furious and united barking in which the individual note of Pouncer was lost and Griff hastily drew back among the trees. But the noise went on and presently, as he peeped out, he saw a woman step down the ladder into the moonlight, a thick stick in her hand. She called to the dogs angrily, but, as the tumult did not cease, proceeded to take more forcible measures, and Griff could hear the hollow thuds of her stick, followed by shrill yelps as she scattered blows indiscriminately. His blood boiled to think of Pouncer being beaten. Probably he would have sprung out of his hiding place there and then had not the woman suddenly stopped. After a few more threatening words, she retraced her steps and disappeared again inside the caravan. Griff waited for perhaps ten minutes, during which time the only noise he heard was an occasional whine and the deep note of Pouncer. Then he walked straight to where the dogs were tied up. There followed a fresh outburst of barking, but it ceased almost immediately, for he was perfectly fearless with animals, and, as he stood among them, patting their heads and talking to them in a soft whisper, the circus dogs recognized a friend and fawned upon him, while Pouncer struggled and tore at his chain, next moment covering Griff, who squatted on the ground beside him with a thousand licks and caresses. So excited was Pouncer by this sudden appearance of his master that Griff found it difficult to set him free. With the other dogs, it was an easier matter, however, and in a few minutes all were at liberty. The bulldog, a Great Dane, three terriers, and a spaniel. In his eagerness, Griff did not notice that the woman had reappeared till a sudden shrill cry awakened him to his danger. She was followed this time by a half-dressed hobbledehoy who, as Griff took to his heels, started in pursuit. With Pouncer racing on ahead, Griff tore down the lunary field towards the point he had come from. But, as he ran, he could hear the thudding steps and panting breath of his enemy growing rapidly nearer. He was racing downhill like the wind, the circus dogs scattered in all directions, and the air full of their noise. Already the road was in sight when he slipped and fell headlong. With a gruff shout of triumph, the circus boy darted upon him, and at the same moment, Griff saw a compact whitish form rise in the air and strike against the body of his pursuer with a heavy thud. There was a scream of terror and pain, a rending, roaring sound, followed by another and another scream. Then something seemed to be torn away, and Griff was conscious of a dark flying figure which leaped madly for an overhanging branch, caught it, and, with a display of acrobatic energy and skill that probably surpassed anything ever seen in the circus ring, swung itself into safety. It serves you jolly well right for stealing dogs, and I hope he bit you well, Griff panted. 
His remark was greeted by a flood of filthy language, oddly mingled with threats legal and bellicose, and wails of impotent suffering. Pouncer, meanwhile, stood motionless and watchful. A deep, vibrating rumble, like the bass note of an organ, coming from his throat and chest. Then a shrill cry was raised behind them, and Griff, wheeling round, saw the woman with the stick. The boy in the tree saw her also, and redoubled his shouts and wails. Followed by Pouncer, Griff trotted on, while the voices of his enemies, who nevertheless made no further attempt to molest him, sent a stream of abuse after them through the night. He was surprised, now that he had time to think of it, that no one else had joined in the chase. But he had not the slightest inclination to await further developments. He hurried along the road, till the silence behind him told him that all immediate danger was past. Then he began to wonder where the other dogs had gone to, and to hope they would be wise enough to seek more comfortable homes. If only he had been able to bring the monkey with him, his expedition would have been really successful. They had been walking for a considerable time, Griff with the cheerful sense that each step must be bringing them nearer home, when they reached another wood though this one, surrounded by a stone wall, seemed to be a portion of a private estate. Surely, Griff thought, they would be quite safe here, and could sleep the rest of the night away. The wall of rough stone would be easy to climb, and the circus men, even if they discovered their hiding place, would never dare to follow them. So he helped Pouncer over, and then climbed up himself. Once inside, they came immediately on a broad path, and presently caught sight of a big square house, looking very white and silent. But Griff walked past it, and on over moss and bracken, till, in a little hollow, he dropped down, and cuddling up close to Pouncer, lay staring at the stars. The air was warm and filled with a delicate, aromatic fragrance. The stars were very near and twinkled kindly. The old moon seemed to laugh down on a good boy. He had a sense of being quite close to human beings, for the house was but a hundred yards away, and, after he had shared the remnants of his biscuits and cheese with Pouncer, he said his prayers and fell quietly asleep. End of section 10